Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening the second best exotic Marigold Hotel, Five to Seven, Danny Collins, and more. This week at the E-Bar, author Andrew Nathan Hood launches his new book, Jim Guthrie, Who Needs What?, at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, April 29th. And on Friday, May 1st, The Wooden Sky and Sky Wallace will blast you up into the sky for an E-Bar show. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, more information about their hours, listings, blogs, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. Creative Control with Beach Comic. Hey, I'm back from St. John's, Newfoundland, where I was attending the Lanya Vanya Music and Arts Festival. I had a, an amazing time, thanks to everyone who made that possible, and my hosts, Judd and Krista, and my uh, housemates for the four or five days I was there, Matthias Kahn and Ariel Charette. That was really fun. Had a great time. Very late nights. They start their shows there in St. John's, or at least at La Nivani. Quite late, I think. And uh, that's fine. I mean, just late. And, on, like, you know, a band will go on. Uh, the first of three bands will go on at, like, 11. You don't get home to like, 3 or 4 in the morning. It's... <sighs> when you have a dad alarm clock, it uh, screws you up a little bit. I'm still trying to catch up on sleep and... In fact, let me just wrap this up very quickly so I can go to bed. Uh, what was I going to say there? Oh, I was going to say that uh, I did a, a long night episode. Long night with Vish Khan on my talk show that I do sometimes. Did one in St. John's. I think you'll be hearing it soon. Just working out some audio details on it. But I think you're going to hear it. Felt like a nice one. You know, the tape... Sometimes the tape doesn't feel as good as you think. <laughs> the, you know, it, it doesn't... It's not quite the... The thing you want it to be But it's there It was fun I had a good time I'm going to listen to it And figure out some stuff So you'll hear that And they're great guests And all that On a recent episode Of Long Night with Vishkana My guest was Scott Thompson Of the Kids in the Hall And he stole the show A few weeks later I caught up with Scott again This time it was on the phone And he answered The Exclaim Magazine Questionnaire These are 23 set questions A little bit of a Biographical intro At the top And he did an amazing job answering this thing. It's available now. You can read it, if you like, at exclaim.ca, but uh, you can hear it now as well. So this is myself and Scott 
Uh, he's going through the questions. I tell you, a couple of his responses may have slightly changed my way of thinking about a whole bunch of things. And I didn't expect that doing this questionnaire. I've done this questionnaire with a lot of people. I've learned some things, but he actually, he may have altered my life a little bit. And Scott Thompson has kind of altered my life in lots of ways. Larry Sanders show, Kids in the Hall. He's an unbelievable man. He's very smart. He's very kind. And you'll hear that. And very, very, very funny. You'll hear that as he answers these questions. So here it is, myself, Scott Thompson of the Kids in the Hall. Go see Kids in the Hall. They're on tour across North America right now. And they are the best. So there. Me, Scott Thompson. Enjoy. The 32nd Annual Hillside Festival takes place July 24th, 25th, and 26th at Guelph Lake, Rain or Shine, featuring performances by Astral Swans, Bad Bad Not Good, Badminton Racket, Baskery, Battle of Santiago, Braids, The Brothers Landreth, Bulgarian Voices Trio, By Divine Right, Tim Chasen, Nels Klein Singers, Constantines, Nick Crane, Alex Cuba, Daka Braca, Del Bell, Doldrums, Echo Deck, Darren Edens, Eloquent, Etiquette, Nick Ferrio, Jeremy Fisher, Frazy Ford, David Francie, The Good Lovelies, Great Lake Swimmers, Ash Grunwald, Hungai, The Henrys, Suzanne Jarvie, Mo Kenny, The Cramdens, Daniel Lanois, Last X, Lee Reed, Lids, Look Vibrant, Le Luc, Minotaurs, Moonface, The Once, Nancy Pants, Doug Paisley, Fred Penner, Perch Creek, Poor Man's Whiskey, Natalie Prass, The Spring Standard, Jamie Stone's Lomax Project, Sultans of String, Team, Thus Owls, Tribekistan, Riley Walker, The Weather Station, Jason Wilson and Pee Wee Ellis, and more to be announced. For more information about purchasing tickets to this accessible event, please visit hillsidefestival.ca. All right, Scott, we're going to begin with uh, the first thing, which is kind of a jumble of things. Okay. I'll ask them to you individually. Before we begin, please state your full name. My full name is John Scott Thompson. Your hometown? Brampton, Ontario. That's right, that's right. And your current headquarters? Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> I feel like we're at the border here. Mm-hmm. And any of your upcoming activities, especially Canadian tour dates and new releases? What do you want to plug right now, Scott? Oh, the Kids in the Hall tour. Yeah, that's basically what I want to... Uh, we start the tour, I think, the 24th in Toronto. We finish June 6th in Denver. I think it's like 32 cities. It's a big tour. And you and I talked about this recently. You say there's going to be classics, but also new material? Yep, yep. Yeah, a year ago we did a show at the Elizabeth Bader and we did all new material for a week and we workshopped a lot of stuff. So we're using some of that material and some material from some of the other some other um, tours we've done and some classics from television. Now, so yeah, it's a mix of everything. How does the process of writing new material now, because you kind of are geographically separated, I think, right? Well, yeah. Um, we're basically in two cities, uh, Toronto and Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and Kevin's in Winnipeg, but, you know, he's all over the place. He's constantly traveling. 
Um, so it's really three cities, you know, the three big ones, Toronto, <laughs> Los Angeles, and Winnipeg, so, right? <laughs> you know, the showbiz triangle, they call it. And uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's definitely different. Um, you know, when we were younger and we were working together, we were always together. So, you know, when you're young, all you do is hang out. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> hanging out quite often leads to writing. Um, so now we have to first, we have to, you know, you have to be more, um, you have to plan it more. Uh, you'll we'll exchange ideas online, and then maybe someone will write a version. And the other person will do something. Mm-hmm. But then this this last one, you know, it's basically up to you. And Mark and I did a we worked together a lot in the, uh, on this writing process together because we're both in Toronto. Right. So he'd come over here, and we would spread stuff, and then put it together. You know, like the one piece foodies. That's a big new sketch of ours. Um, I mean, I shepherded it, but uh, everyone's involved. I mean, that's the whole thing with us. No one can really claim authorship, really, uh, of anything, um, because even if you think it's all yours, there's something of other of the, of someone in the group in there. There's no question. Always. Okay, so and, even if you, it's you and Mark here. When it by the time it hits the stage, everyone's probably had a little finger on it. Yeah, absolutely. Even a monologue is like that. Hmm. I mean, even if you look at everybody's monologues, you'll you'll still uh, pretty much everything. There'll be a joke or a line or an idea, a way of doing something that came from someone else. That's the beauty about being in a group is that you know you're not on all the time, but when you have five people, there's always someone on. Yeah. Now you, you know. Yeah, you mentioned foodies. Is there foodies? It's about the waiters, and it's the. I don't know if you saw the show a year ago, but it's a sketch where um, a high end restaurant and a woman um, in the restaurant calls a put a moose a pudding, and it causes chaos with the wait staff. <laughs> they just don't know what to do. They eventually have to torch the place. <laughs> so. So it's basically, yeah, it's basically satirizing the whole food, um, the preciousness of food today. Yeah, yeah. Now, are uh, are there um, other sketches that uh, or, or recur- things that have recurred that you guys have written r- more recently since the since you really, you know, I want to ask about this too. But let, in recent <clears throat> years, are there other things you can kind of describe for us that we if we haven't seen the show? Yet? Yeah, like there's the scene with Kevin and Dave where Dave. Um, um, comes to over to talk to Kevin about his breakup with his imaginary girlfriend. Um, that's pretty good. Um, you know, there's the opening which uh, of our show, which is us in f- five men in wedding dresses. That's all new. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin's song about the history of the kids in the hall. Um, we were going to do the new Fran and Gordon piece, but we're going to do the old, we're doing Salty Ham, the original. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, you know, what else? I mean... We're doing a thing. We haven't written it yet, but we're working on it. Um, we're going to hopefully end the show with a mashup kind of a thing, where it's basically crushing your head guy, Mr. Tizik, that's mm-hmm. his name, mm-hmm. meets other characters and crushes them. Oh, okay. Uh, we were thinking of it in a way as maybe kind of like disposing of characters, like going, ah, this one's done. And um, wait a minute. Them. Do you mean for good or just in the nature? Well, of- I want to do it for good. I don't think the others will. But I mean, there's certain characters in mind that I go, I'm never going to do this again. Can we just kill them? Right. So, but there's been a lot of discussion about that. Okay, that's so. I don't know how it's going to. The other thing is, it could be a, a mashup of Running Faggot and uh, Head Crusher, if you can imagine. <laughs> so, or 
trying to figure it out. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I know. I just think that as soon as Ronnie Faggot escapes the bull- <laughs> the. <laughs> The people that are trying to kill him, I think he might be crushed by the head crusher. (laughs) It could be funny. We'll see. Um, This is what I wanted to touch upon. I think that every time you guys do a tour, there's a notion that you're back. Yeah, every time. People are like, oh, what's it like to be with the boys again? This must be so amazing. As if we, we haven't seen each other in 20 years. It, and, and every time it, it's like people think it's a comeback or we're, we're, we got the gang together again. It couldn't be further from the truth. We're always talking. Yeah. I mean, if not, five, there's always two in the group or three in the group that's always doing something or, yeah, it's, um, you know, ever since, you know, we had that period after Brain Candy when we all kind of lost it lost i guess yeah that's the good word to put it. that's a good way to put it we lost it lost the thread at least i sure did and but since that five-year period where none of us spoke to each other um we've been together i mean certainly we all do our own we all have our own careers and there'll be long periods where we don't see each other but there'll be like a an email or a group call or something and um we made that decision, you know, when we got back together the second time, and we that, that first when two thousand, when we really did come back together, right. we kind of made it a decision. Made a decision that this is it. We're here for life. You right. don't get out. Right. Okay. So if you broke up, there was a five year period where you might have been five bro- years. Yeah. You might have been broken up for for real. Yeah, and we were we were broken up from ninety five to two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. But for now, since 2000, it's ridiculous to say that you're coming back every time you're doing it a tour. Is. You're just doing a tour. We're just doing a tour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're just doing a tour. Okay. All right. And, uh, okay, I think that covers the interview aspects. I think we're going okay. to get to the questionnaire. Oh, I, oh will, okay. I, I will say thanks again for giving me a copy of your book. Oh, good. I read the book in, in, like, uh, I think I... I felt I, I think I did it over two nights, if I recall great. correctly. It was great. And, and do you have any... Up, so this was book one? Yes, this that's was, book one. I mean, you know, I, it cost me money to put that book out. That's the truth. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I mean, literally, um, but it's a labor of love. And I've been working on that story for a long time. It's this big story in my head that I have to get out. And um, it's conceived as a trilogy. And... Basically, I'm waiting for someone to, you know, I did a, a Kickstarter a year ago uh-huh. to try to raise some money to do the second book, but I didn't get enough money. And um, because you see, I'll write it for free. I mean, I'm already, I've already almost finished the second book, but I can't, my artists can't work for free. Right. Like they, they have to be paid. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't have a company that's going to put out a second book. So I, I, I'm ready to go, but I have to have someone that would um, invest in it. But what I'm trying to do right now is um, I have, I'm working with a company that, that is interested in turning it into an animated series. Right. Which is basically Danny Husk as a sex slave at the center of the earth. Well, this is how you framed it to me when you handed me the book. Yeah. I read the first yeah. one, and that, that's... It's not, that's because you only get to the, first, the right. end of the first okay. book. All right. Well, I was all excited um, about reading the sex stuff, and then there wasn't yeah. that much. No, there isn't. Or any. No, no. No, it, there, the, the, oh, no, there's none for Danny. Yeah, yeah. No, there's none for Danny. Part of the... That, that's part... The first book is basically about Danny... Um, I basically turn him into a eunuch 
so that when his sex does come back, it, it's like when you don't masturbate for like two weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you come like a rocket. Right. And um, it's that sort of thing. So, so Danny's like this kind of the sec, if it was a if it was a TV series, it would be much more um, funny. First of all, right. it wouldn't be as as much because you know I wrote this as a as a as a science fiction kid, like fantasy and storytelling. I mean narrative. I mean it's a, it's a story. But if I did a series, it would be much more comic and more a little more episodic, and it would be much more about Danny's sexual adventures. Because that was the original idea was I just thought, how do you take a character like Danny and strip everything away, take away everything from him, and then throw him into you – know, basically, I wanted to kind of metaphorically kill him and then bring him back slowly. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I, wanted, I knew that he was the kind of a character that he's an everyman, and I knew that I could – do anything with him and he's so far from me and also I, I created that whole I decided to start writing The Hollow Planet at a period in my life which is well most of my career up until very very recently where all I ever did was play these dumb gay characters not that they were dumb neutered gay mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. and I got so sick of it because no, I thought no one I still believe that people weren't looking at me as a comedian or an actor of any kind just as oh he's the gay guy we'll hire him for the gay part right. oh let's hire the gay guy and it really got very distressing. So I thought, I'm going to take Danny Huss, there couldn't be anyone less gay, and write a story for him. And basically, it was started as if I wanted to create a property, you know, like yeah. a, for myself. And, and then I just got caught up in the story. And, I, you know, it was originally written as a screenplay. And um, I took it to every studio. I did it. But people would say, oh, we love it. We've never read anything like that. It's the most original thing we've ever read, which is Hollywood code for, you'll never get this thing made. <laughs> I mean, that really is the kiss of death. And um, they don't want original unless, you know, someone makes a mistake and then later they say, oh, I knew what I was doing. But, um, they, you know, I, I, uh, I have to write this story. That's basically it. I okay. have to. Okay. The characters that are in my head, I have to get them out. And eventually, if no one gives me some money for the second book, I'll publish it on my own. Okay. But the dream is that it can become an animated series. Yeah, no, so. it's, it seems like it's all there. I found that... Uh, yeah, found like, the you know, like, like kind of like an archer kind of a story. Yeah, thing. totally. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. And it, what, what I like, what, what's interesting is that I, I started creating the, the story in my head a long time ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago at least. And um, at the time, you know, and it, when you really think about, you know, 15 years later, basically what the book's about, it's about the fall of the straight white male. And, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that wasn't, that was just glimmering on the horizon. Now we're in full, yeah. you know, we're, I mean, it's full, it's going full bore. Yeah. I mean, it's it, white, straight white men are plummeting. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's like, you know, when you leave the house in the morning, you've got, you should be looking up. Because they're dropping like flies, <laughs> and in a you know like Mad Men, when you th- Mad Men really is kind of like it's a, it's a dramatic look at the fall of the straight white male. Yeah, and so that's what I that's how I pitch the Danny thing now is it's a comic look at the fall of the straight white male, and from his position of power, and hitting rock bottom and then being recreated, and it's about the new fluidity of masculinity. You know, and the new fluidity of just gender and um, orientation for, for, I mean, straight men, especially, you know, uh, even with, of any color, are becoming more 
well, they're being more open about their sexuality, right. which I think is very... Danny has guy love because he's very he's straight, but he's fluid. Like, he's very... He's not rigid at all, sexually. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to try things. So he becomes the sex slave of um, uh, the, um, the, the prince. Right. Um, and um, so it's all about race and sex. And, I mean, the prince in many ways, the, you know, the mulatto prince, he's kind of a, a weird... Obama um, mirror image. Ah, oh, in, in a okay. way, he's the evil, right? The evil mixed race king. <laughs> okay. But the whole that, that, uh, the reason I made the the ruling family. I know no one even knows what we're talking about, but I could talk about this all day. <laughs> but the, I wanted to. I wanted to basically. My main inspiration was through the Looking Glass. I wanted a reversal of the way th- things are seen here. So I made the straight white male the slave, the ruling family, the black family. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I wanted to t- I wanted to explore slavery, at, at what I think is really behind slavery, which is sex, hmm. the idea that you can have a human being at your beck and call for whatever you want. God, sex must be at the center of it. That's M- money and sex, I guess. Money, but for sex, me, I don't power, care about yeah. money. I only care about sex. Okay, okay, so, <laughs> all right. So, and I wanted to do it without people getting all politically correct and going, "You can't do that with a black character." Right. Right, but you can do whatever the fuck you want with a straight white guy in a suit. Straight white guy in a mustache and a suit, yeah, he, the, you can. You do can it. now, yeah. and so that's why, and that's the beauty of it. Like at the, at the end of this journey, Danny Husk, he's lost everything, but he will come back better than he was before—a better, more well-rounded, stronger man. It's about manhood, really. Yeah, I guess it's about my own struggles with manhood. How does a gay man actually be a man, and what is a man? What does that even mean anymore? But I love Danny Husk, and I don't think that, you know, this, there's been such a, there's a real piling on of straight white men right now, mm-hmm. and a lot of punishment from gay people, people of color, women, and I don't think it's fair. I don't like bullying wherever it comes from, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not into this to punish them. Um, and I think there's a lot of punishment going on. Right. right I see. Now. Your, I see your point. I mean, 20 years ago, it would have seen, seemed more punitive. At this point, it's a redemption story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and straight white guys can't get a break, really, now. They can't say anything. Right. They can't say anything. And you can really see it in comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, comedy is having a huge moment right now. But the, the straight white guys are just not going, generally, they're not going, they're not doing the, they're not doing scary material. Does that make any sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're afraid to because they're so used they don't want to be called sexist, racist, homophobic, Islamophobic. I mean, people are so thin-skinned today that you can, it's, it's having a huge effect on comedy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know why. I'm just going on and yeah, on. But yeah, anyway, no, sorry. No, no, I, I appreciate I that. I went off base. No, no, it's fine. I appreciate knowing more about... Uh about that world. white guys white and white guys yeah we're gonna <laughs> let's move from this uh, interview section to the the fixed questions now. oh yeah 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 now, the first one kind of relates to what we've been talking about it's very simply what are you up to current projects oh i'm working on the husk um uh animation series mm-hmm. i'm doing my podcast i'm gonna do one actually this afternoon uh my podcast is called scott free podcast um I'm working on Hannibal. I played Jimmy Price on Hannibal. I'm getting ready for the Kids in the Hall tour. And I'm working on uh, turning, doing a stand-up comedy special 
in the fall. Oh, wow. A whole and hopefully, yeah, this summer, I'm hopefully, after the Kids in the Hall tour is done, then I'll take a break. Then, I want to, then I'm working on doing a stand-up tour, and hopefully in the fall, I'm, I'll do a stand-up special. That's my next goal. Nice. Big goal. That's great. All right. Yeah. Now, in the realm of music, films, books, art, TV, food, lifestyle, just culture, what are your current fixations, Scott? Oh, right now, um, uh, musically, I would say my fixation would be Lana Del Rey. Hmm. Uh, in books, I'm obsessed with um, the book I'm reading right now is Selfish Giant. I'm loving it. What is What is that book? It's Kazuo, what's his name? Kazuo, Kazuo Yashiguro, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He wrote The Remains of the Day mm-hmm. and uh, let Never Let Me Go. Um, and uh, this book is about an old couple in the past, in like, um, I don't know, like pre, like England in the 14th century. But it's a time when r- trolls and like, it actually is a fantastical book. And he doesn't really do fantasy, but he's a really great writer. But it's basically an old couple in, in England where a mist is taking people's memories away. And this old couple leave their village to visit their son who they've forgotten about. Hmm. And it's their journey, basically, to find him. I'm just loving it. It's just, I mean, I love fantasy, and it's, but it's, I love fantasy when it's like literature. Like Game of Thrones, I'm obsessed by Game right, of Thrones. Right, right, okay. The book, the books, and the series. I cannot wait for it to come back. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, well, oh, I, oh, House of Cards, my God, I love that. Yeah, I, we just finished uh, the last season, my wife and I. Uh, Isn't that amazing? It was pretty. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, we we're still. Process- you don't think so? No, no, no. I'm still processing it. It's a show that I can't decide if I like very much. Like I, I do- see. I don't necessarily like the characters. No, they're horrible. Right, and then then I'm like, why am I watching this over and over again? But this was a because very th- this was a very peculiar season. I thought uh, compared to the it first was. Yeah. It's interesting because it's about it's about the best. The most supportive couple on television who are awful. Yeah. I mean, there's, and well, but then in season three, they stop being supportive. And boy, is it ugly. There's a communication breakdown generally. Like in the first two seasons, yeah. Spacey is talking to us constantly. Constantly. I, I noticed in this last season, he barely oh. acknowledges us. That's very interesting. Because we're in a way, maybe his conscience. And he's not in touch with that any longer. Yeah, that's what I think. Like he, I think he speaks to us in the third season maybe three times, and like the it's ridiculous. My God. Anyway, you're right. I I never even noticed that. It's something I noticed right away. I said it. I'm like, he's not talking to us anymore. What happened? But what What fascinates me about that show is what we were talking about earlier with the the new masculinity and the new sexuality. Mm-hmm. Is that that character of the president? You wouldn't call that a. Is that a gay character? He seems to be a bi character. Bisexual. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you saw bise- a bisexual male? That's fantastic. Yeah. Who's the president? <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fascinating to me. Bisexuals weren't even supposed to exist, and we all know it's true. They all, women were allowed to be bisexual, but men were not. Yeah. Yeah. Men were like basically suck one cock and that's it. Right. You are gay for life. But a woman can eat three to five pussies in her life <laughs> and still be called straight. <laughs> right? Yes, it's true. Because I think it's because men fantasize about women together and women up until very recently did not fantasize about men together. And I think w- young women are fantasizing about men together. 
And oh. that might be partly what's driving um, gay liberation, I think. Oh, interesting. And certainly the, 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 the liberation of the bisexual. Because I've been waiting for this one a long time, for men that are more fluid to admit it and go, just tell the truth. Once You don't mind getting your cock sucked by a guy once in a while. Yeah. Like, just fucking talk about it. Right. Like, it's no big deal. Like, this Kevin Spacey scene when, he's, when the, him and his wife sleep with the, the bodyguard. Yeah. That's amazing. Because I'm like, neither, none of those characters, the bodyguard, no one thought of him as being gay. But it's about, and then the, the guy who's writing the story about him, his fascinating sexuality. Right. This is a straight character, but he's what we call in the gay world, trade. Trade. Right? Rough trade. Oh, right. Straight men that like, that they're, they're straight, but occasionally they'll have sex with a guy, and they like, they, 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 they like, basically they're men that like to be, you know, they like the, the, the excitement of it. Right. Sometimes they do it for money, sometimes they do it just for power. Sometimes they just do it because they like the guy and they throw him a, a favor. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm fascinated by it. I'm glad that it's not. We're moving into a less rigid orthodoxy. Yeah, yeah, I and agree that's, with you. That's what, that's what fascinates. That's the n- number one thing that fascinates me about Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. House of Cards. House of Cards. It's right. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. All right, we have to move on here. Why do you yeah, live? Why, no, no, it's fine. Why do you live where you do? Well, I, I, in Toronto? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I live in Toronto. I, I was living in LA up until five and a half years ago. I came home because I got cancer. Yeah, and I never went back. Um, I was living in LA and I got sick and I didn't have health care, and so I had to come home. And I intended to go back, but then I ended up taking a little longer, a lot longer, to get better than I thought it would mm-hmm. take. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it would take me a couple of years. And and then by then, you know, but then what happened? We had death comes to town right away then i got other work and then i i got hannibal three years ago so i I stayed um now i don't know what to do i mean i'm still thinking i'm thinking about getting an apartment in la again um because it's very difficult to build a career here the problem with canada is they don't build on success right they say oh you've had some success move away <laughs> Let someone else have that and it's it's very difficult huh that's an interesting perspective are you because of your uh, battle with cancer and the fact that you were in LA, are you slightly traumatized by the city in some way? Or yeah, I, I'm traumatized by Canadian show business. Oh, by yeah. Canada? No, I meant about yeah. uh, by by not. Oh, LA? Going, yeah. Oh God, no. No, you no the truth. No, 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 okay. no. You want to go back? You mean do I do I associate LA with cancer? Yeah, you. Yeah, I thought you were. Le- I thought you were leading us down that path, but no, it, that's not the case. No. no. Okay. No, like like you know, like like Tom Green's book, Hollywood gave me cancer. Mm. Um. You don't. No. <laughs> I don't think it did. No. Okay. So you're you're. Willing- Drew Barrymore gave him cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. I love Tom's book, and I don't. That is what it's called. Yeah, I, I haven't called. read Tom's book. Isn't it called Hollywood gave me cancer? Or Hollywood causes cancer. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something- right. Something, something like bridge burning like that. Right, and uh, you're not, but you don't feel that way. No, I don't. Okay, you would go back no. if you could. No, the truth is, I I was never really in love with Los Angeles until I had to come home. Hmm. Um, and by the time I left, I was starting to really like it. It took me a hell of a long time. And now I look back on it very fondly. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't blame, no, it didn't give me cancer. All right, <laughs> we're clear. Uh, the people of Los Angeles know now that you don't think. That... No. Okay. Right. No. No. What gave me cancer was a, a black widow spider. That's what gave me cancer. Was it really? No. <laughs> well, that's what triggered it. 
You think I, like a bite? I think so. Oh, is this is any <laughs> is that substantiated in any way? No. Okay. This, but it's one of my. Th- I mean, I thought a lot about why I got cancer. Um, I don't come from a cancer family. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hmm. Um, you know, in families, every family has their fault lines. Mm-hmm. Um, ours is heart and stroke uh, on both sides. So I don't really understand why I would get it. I mean, you know, you, no one, I just, I've been trying to figure it out. What it was that I did that's different than all my brothers and my cousins and my aunts and uncles and mom and dad, you know? Yeah. What was it? Um, I, I don't know. But I, I do know that there were. I was bit by a black widow, and <laughs> within a week, I was. I had pain in my stomach. Oh. There's lots. Of, come in, Paul. And there's other things I, I blame it on too. Um, I, I don't think it gave me. Okay. I do believe though that things are triggered, and that might have been one of the things that triggered it. Are you okay now? Yes. You're fine. Okay. You yeah, s- I beat it. I had lymphoma right. in my stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Um, I am. It's. I'm five years clean. Good for you. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, name something you consider a mind-altering work of art, and this uh, can consist of any media but not your own. Mind-altering work of art. Any kind of art, right? Anything? Anything. What? Oh, that's a good one. Paul Bellini just popped in. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, that's a good one, Paul. Piss Christ. Yeah, that's an excellent one. Piss Christ. <laughs> remember? Piss Christ, yeah. What, what is it about Piss I never Christ? saw it, but it certainly did change things. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a, a crucifix, right? A rosary, a large one. Uh-huh. Jesus on it. Submerged in a <laughs> jar of urine. <laughs> <laughs> called Piss Christ. You never saw it, but you consider it a mind-altering work of art. Yeah, actually, there's also Muhammad Christ, Piss, Piss Muhammad, <laughs> which is just an empty jar of urine. <laughs> <laughs> you know damn well that's a good joke, Fish. <laughs> I love that joke. Will that get me killed? No, I, I don't know. I like Piss Muhammad, an empty jar of urine. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> no, one had the, no one had the courage to do <laughs> <laughs> wow alright uh, let's move on I think that's probably the best thing for us to do right now what has yeah. been your most memorable or inspirational gig one you played or attended and why oh. well I remember as uh, I'm going to go way back to high school and going to see a production of the Trojan Women with uh, Martha Henry Oh, that blew my mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was it about it that blew your mind? I, her performance was just mind-boggling. 
I'd never seen anyone so alive and so in the moment in my life. I'd never really seen acting like that before. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That, that Stratford, I guess, got grade 10, the women. Yeah. Okay. That was a big one. Yeah. That's fine. That's a, that's an answer. That's good. All right. Yeah, it's an answer. That's, yeah. that's good. What have been your career highs and career lows? Okay, I'm going to try with, I mean, a career low. Uh, a real career low. Um, What? What boat ride? <laughs> oh yeah, a year ago I did a, a, um, a horrifying. I did a, a cruise in the Mediterranean. I was I did stand up on it, uh, an all gay cruise. That would absolutely be the low point. Now why exactly? Well, no one no one came to see me. Oh. They had to move me into a smaller theater they had to they eventually canceled my shows it was a disaster and gay men thousands thousands of gay men not none of them came to see me and yet kathy griffin was aboard and they all flocked to her and it was a very distressing 10 days gay men won't go see other gay men so it was a very very sad trip for me why won't gay men go to see other gay men it's a hard that we would be here all day. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, all right. Self-loathing. Um, they only go see women, right? As a group, generally. I'm being very. I'm being obviously. <laughs> I, I'm stereotyping. Sure. But yeah, no. I mean, I went. I, I performed in a theater like 1,800 seats and maybe 30 people. Oh man. In a, in a boat full of thousands of gay men. Yeah, that was pretty distressing. All right, that sounds like the low for sure. This was last. That year? was rough. Last year, you say. That was rough. And then high points? I mean, I don't know. This is, God, I've had a lot of high points. Um, walk of fame. <laughs> all, walk of fame. I mean, that's not a performance thing. Um, <laughs> uh, another great low point was when the Kids in the Hall did Comic Relief and we bombed. That was, oh my Lord, did we bomb. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, we bombed a lot. We bombed in Letterman. That was another low point. Did you guys perform as a troupe on Letterman? I didn't know that. Yeah, bombed. Oh, no. Bombed. I got to find that yeah. on YouTube, maybe. Reg. Yeah, we did Reg. Wrong sketch. We didn't do Oh, uh, okay. Uh, high points. Um, just, there must be something that I can say that's really... I don't want to feed you lines here, but you and I spent a lot of time talking about the Larry Sanders show the other night. Oh, well, that was wonderful. That would definitely... There was lots of highlights there. Being called a hockey puck by, by Don Rickles, that was <laughs> fabulous. Improvising a scene with Katie Lang about, about Chatelaine Magazine and yeah. curling. <laughs> That was great, because that's what we had to see, and they'd written for us, and they were all Canadian jokes that we thought were lame, and Katie and I said, let's just, we'll just let us make this up. We're going to talk about curling, and uh, it worked really, really well. That was a, that was fantastic. Nice. Um, but, you know, like a high-performing point. Um, Oh. It's career, by the way. It's not just performing. It could be anything. Oh yeah, career. Oh, career. Um, well, that. Let me see. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I think of a kid in the hall thing that would, that was great. The five of us. Um, you know, then just just um, winning the the Rose of Montreux actually. The Rose which of is the be- Yeah, it's the it's the international television prize, which is given to the best television series in the world. And we won. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, we won it in 1993. Yeah. Number one. Best show. Like, they call it the most innovative show on television in the world. Wow. That was pretty, that was pretty amazing. That made up for our, our lack of, ge- of Gemini's. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's great. All right, that's a good one. All right, let's let's move on there. Uh, what's uh, what's the uh, meanest thing ever said to you before, during, or after a gig, Scott? Die AIDS faggots die. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's uh, wow. Who? When was? What? Oh. Oh. Lots. That happened um, a lot. No, that actual um, phrase once, um, but people said horrible things. Um, so what was the other question? That, that was the question. <laughs> What's the yeah, meaning? Died, faggot, die. That's okay, a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Moving on here. What should everyone shut up about? Oh, whatever offends them. You're tired of hearing about people being oh, offended people, by it. People need to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People, my my thing is, unless here, people need to stop it. They need to, yeah. They just need to. Here's what's worrying me about the age of outrage: is that it seems like we're entering. It's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. When something really terrible happens, are we ever going to be able to to recognize it? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like, how are we going to recognize true, um, really egregious offenses when we're upset about so many stupid little things? Like the the faux outrage over Trevor Noah. What nonsense. Yeah, right. It's nonsense. Right, right. Okay. So Uh, I would just say everything, because I'm at the point now where I I can't tell any longer. I'm going, I I refuse to be outraged. Even if someone called me like, even if they said to me today, die, you AIDS faggot, die. I go, oh, well, that's his opinion. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I would just go, he has a right his opinion. <laughs> his opinion that I should get AIDS and die. That's an opinion. <laughs> uh, what traits do you most like and most dislike about yourself? Oh, I hate my temper, number one. That's my worst quality. Um, um, my best quality, I guess, would be... Um, Well, you can't see things. I have to. Yeah. Uh, this is your time to to shine. energy and my energy, maybe. Your energy. Yeah. That's okay. That's good. What's your idea of a perfect Sunday? Oh, um, you know, breakfast in bed, um, leisurely sex, a pot brownie, and uh, all the newspapers. All of the newspapers. All of them. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, I could. Today I had a distressing thing. I went to my one of my stores where I usually get magazines, and they've stopped selling magazines. She just said it's not worth it. Oh. All magazines. Oh. All. Do you think the internet? Uh, anyway, we don't have time for this. I think the no. inter- internet's killing everything. But um. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. I think we're gonna have to have a um a reckoning. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Because just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. Right, right. I'm a little worried. I am too. That we've taken a wrong turn. Yeah. Do you think so? Well, on some level, yeah. I think on some level, the internet, uh, on a resource level, it's it could help. Like in the fact that we're not using as much yes, stuff, yes. but at the same yep. time, we're losing, human beings are losing jobs left and right because of the internet. Yeah. So anyway, this is a whole other conversation. I just think it that is. it's not good. It's not necessarily good. I embraced it. I use it. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's me good. too. Yeah. Yeah, me sure. Me too. All right. What advice should you have taken, but did not? 
Uh, smoking. You, yeah. sh- you should have started smoking? I should never have started smoking. Oh, no. wait wait a minute. should never have had a cigarette. Yeah. How, you, when did you when stop? When I was young. When did you stop? Oh, smoking? like 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's something. That's definitely a regret. Okay. What would make you kick someone out of your band, or in this case, comedy troupe, and or bed, and have you? I've I've never kicked anyone out of a group or a band. No, mm-hmm. um, I've never kicked anyone out of bed. If someone is willing to have sex with me, I'm not gonna <laughs> kick them out of bed. <laughs> um, you know, you know, I, yeah. I usually try to be a good sport and <laughs> finish it off. You say you have a temper. Surely, I do. Surely someone has done something so egregious that you've lost your temper. Yes. Yeah, and I just don't know if I'm willing to talk about it. Um, okay. Because so, I, I can't really remember. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I've thrown people. I mean, I've definitely stopped, uh, I guess. Well, breath. Bad breath is a deal breaker. In any context. Course, yeah. And also, people that refuse to cut their toenails. What do you mean refuse? Who's refusing to cut their toenails? I don't know. If you don't cut them, then you're refusing. <laughs> I think that it, it, it's like a, some sort of what are they like, like resistors or something? Like they they're pacifists. I don't understand. How can anyone look down and go, "Oh yeah, it's all right for my toe nail to extend half an inch"? How you're can right. that be? Yeah. How can that be? That's a decision. That's just not laziness. I think that's worth kicking someone out of your band or bed. Yeah, that makes sense. I both, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially a barefoot band. <laughs> you can't have that in a barefoot band. <laughs> See, I have a foot fetish, so that would be huge for me. Yeah. I would just, yeah. No, that can't. It's not. That won't stand. <laughs> what do you think of when you think of Canada? Oh, um, lakes and compromise. There we go. <laughs> lakes and compromise. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. What was the first LP cassette CD or A track that you ever bought with your own money? Oh, Alice Cooper Killer. Killer. Yeah. Interesting. What? Uh, <laughs> why? Why was that? I don't know. I um I I, I liked Alice Cooper. Um, I'd never had an album before, and. I, I like. I think there was a it was scary cover. Uh, I think there was a snake on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know. I, it was either that or Cat Stevens, Catch Bullet Four. Very different. Or very <laughs> very different. But those are the honestly. As a kid, I never. We didn't really. Our fan. We were not a music family. We weren't. We didn't. weren't allowed to listen to music. <laughs> really. Yeah. And um, so none of us. We didn't have records and stuff. Um, but I did in my entire, all through high school, I only had two records and they were, yeah, Catch Bullet 4 and Killer. And th- this, these were vinyl records? Yeah. Do you remember where you got them? Uh, you know, some store in Brampton. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I never was a huge music guy. I never collected. Right. And we didn't have, we, we had a stereo that was only used for two to three hours on Sunday afternoon. And my father would listen to classical music. Oh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> or musicals. We'd listen to, you know. Oh, I guess the other the other album I own. I own three albums. The third album was the soundtrack to Mary Poppins. 
That's that's quite eclectic. I think that is eclectic. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. All right. What was your most memorable day job? Oh, oh, that would. Mm, I had so many. Um, many times. I mean, being a cleaner—that's not very memorable. I was a bingo caller. That was pretty memorable. Um, uh, I I was one of those um, rickshaw drivers. Uh, that was, that was an interesting one. Like when you were, when you were in Doondelly or something? No, in Toronto, they used to have rickshaw (laughs) drivers here. (laughs) You don't don't remember? I, well, I probably, yeah, they still have them. Yeah, I remember it. They still have them, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I only lasted one day and because my second day I, I hit a car with the rickshaw and the guy got out and yelled at me, and I realized I damaged the car. Oh. So I just dropped the rickshaw and ran away and never answered my phone for the next three days. <laughs> I abandoned the rickshaw and, and just never went back to work. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. hard work, isn't it? Those rickshaws, they look like they It was very hard. It's, you're, like, you're an animal. You're a draft animal. You've got to be strong for those. Maybe they're. they're uh, yeah. It's a good workout, I'll tell you. Seeds of uh, the hollow planet, right there, maybe. Yeah, I just felt like I just felt it was just demeaning. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems demeaning to me. All right, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, how do you spoil yourself, Scott? I, I don't spoil myself near enough. Um, clothes. I love clothes. You just buy clothes. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah. How many pairs of oh, shoes do you have? Not that many. 16. 16 pairs of shoes? Is that a lot? Well, I don't know. Actually, what is that con- is that everything? Is that, is that a running shoe? Is that a dress See, shoe? It's not that many. It's not that many really, is it? No. Um, if it's everything uh, then that's fine. I thought you just meant like 16 regular like sneaker the, shoe. No, like oh no, I only I only have a couple of running shoes. Um so that's not – so I'm really not – I guess my, I would spoil myself travel. I, I do a lot of exotic travel. That would be it. Oh, yeah? Where yeah. do you – have you been to uh, Everywhere. But I don't do it like – I don't go to like four-star or five-star hotels or whatever. I like to go to poor countries, like developing countries. Yeah. I, I find that very interesting. I think it's because when I was uh, a teenager, I, was in the, I lived in the Philippines for a year oh. um, as an exchange mm-hmm. program. And uh, it, was, it changed my life. So I like the last big trip I did was Nicaragua. Before that, it was Tanzania, and before that, it was Egypt. Oh, okay. So I just like to go. I don't really do a lot of planning. I just go and plot myself down and figure it out when I'm there. You go by yourself primarily? Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. By myself. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's the only way to meet people. Yeah. You know, it's lonely and it can be very difficult. And those first few days are very rough. Right. But um, it forces you out of your shell. You have to talk to people. Right, right. Or you go crazy. Yeah, no, that's interesting. All right. If I wasn't acting or performing comedy, I would be blank. Writing science fiction. Writing science fiction. All right, that, that makes yeah. sense. We've established that. Yeah. What What do you fear most? Snakes and uh, heights. So like a snake, if you were like a really tall snake would be the worst yeah. for you. No, I don't mind a tall snake, but I wouldn't want to have a snake dropped on me from a cliff, or I wouldn't want to jump off a cliff and land on a snake. <laughs> or if I was uh, fall off a cliff and I was dangling, you know, from a root, yeah. and someone like, extended a snake to help grab onto, I'd probably just let go and fall. Right. 
Okay. I'd rather die than, than be rescued by a snake. Okay, that that's fair. Now we're in the home stretch here, Scott. There's only a few more. Okay. Thank you for your patience and your candor. What? Here's one. What makes you want to take it off and get it on? You mean what makes me horny? I guess. Is that what you mean? I guess so. That is what you're asking. I, I'm, it's not a person. I didn't come up with this question, first of all. I'm not trying to be untoward. It's question 19 you on the questionnaire. Of, lots of things. I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, that's a hard one. I, I don't. There was lots of things, and then it got hard. <laughs> <laughs> lots of things. I mean, I, uh, um, I don't know. Uh, let me think. Um, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know. If, it's weird. It's a weird question. I, it's uh, a weird question. I mean, it's you know, it's. I believe when I asked Weird Al Yankovic this question, he said uh, a hat. Uh, a hat. Something oh, that's of, a good question. Something that's about a, a hat taking a going into a house and taking a hat off. And putting it back on. I don't know. He just made it funny because he's weird out. Um, yeah. But anyway, no, I don't know. There's, It's a difficult question. But uh, if you can think of anything without divulging too much personal information. If not, you can also pass. I feel badly that so late in the game I gave you the option to pass on any one of these questions. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, just, just to actually be honest about this is, I don't know what <laughs> I want. <laughs> uh, it must. Uh, you're a, you're a you're a famous person. Someone could. Okay, I'll, I'll just say like um um, um uh, hairy chest. Just say that hairy chest. A hairy chest. Okay. I love yeah hairy guys. I love hairy men. Really? Because it seems like yeah. uh, in the age of man, are we in the age of? No, it's over. Manscaping. That's, over. That's all Manscaping's done. Manscaping's done. It's done. Okay. We're back yeah. to no the, the 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 no one's doing that anymore. Hmm. Okay. I, maybe straight people are still, uh, but gay people aren't. <laughs> gay people uh, are not into that. Generally, the young ones, no. The young ones are are letting it all grow. And you like that? I do. Okay. I'm glad. I love beards. Okay, that's what really turns me on, a beard. This is why I really love the hipster era. I love it. <laughs> because beards make me crazy. Like a big beard or just any kind? Yeah, of- even, even a big beard, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good to I mean, know. not a, not not a, not as easy top beard, but yeah. Like, here's what makes me crazy: a really thick, luxurious black beard. That makes me nuts. Oh, okay. Yeah. I Especially can... if the guy's bald, like a bald guy with a black beard, like a bald black guy with a beard. That's okay. You've you've teased it out of me. <laughs> I, I knew if I was that's... persistent, I would get it out of you. All right. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I think you've said enough. That's fine. What has been beard. your strangest? celebrity encounter now in this scenario you might be the celebrity or maybe the other person is well let me see going uh, going to see a ufc fight with lawrence fishburne certainly is up there you... that was definitely um <laughs> one of my great celebrity evenings um yeah we were, i was there for all the wrong reasons <laughs> And he and he knew. <laughs> how did this? How did this pairing? How did this pairing come? He about? asked me. He asked me to go. <laughs> so I'm like, "What? Lawrence Fishburne asked you to go see a UFC championship fight? You go, <laughs> Lord, And you sit in the front row. My God, I was so close I could smell them. It was crazy. 
there was like a splash guard <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right, it was a, an evening I'll never forget. This was in Vegas or something. No, Toronto. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the best part about this story is at the end of the store, at the end of the evening, you know, I'm there with Lawrence. At the very end of the evening, they put up Lawrence and me on the on the jumbotron, mm-hmm. and underneath Lawrence it says Lawrence, you know, Matrix star Lawrence Fishburne, and then underneath me, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, as if I was just his, you know, unidentified companion. <laughs> In my own town. That's pretty humiliating. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's nothing. Just, it's not fair. It's just not fair. No, Canada. Like, really? Nothing? Yeah, that's not good. All right. Uh, who would be your ideal dinner guest, living or dead, and what would you serve them? Jesus, and I would serve him... Um... um God, what would, I, what would he want? <laughs> Shake and bake. Yeah, shake and shake, bake. You think Jesus He'd is a, love it. He's a shake and bake guy. <laughs> he's a shake and bake kind of guy. Okay. I know Jesus, but that would be a pretty interesting character to meet, you know. Totally. And and to, with, Yeah, I'd love to meet like I'd love to have I'd love to have a, a dinner with all the um you know, with Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, you know, Krishna. I would love how, I'd love to have all the gods. That would be great gods and yeah. God. I find religion fascinating, yeah. and um, I really think it's sad that kids don't learn religion anymore. They don't have to be taught. You know, they, you have to know about religion. Why is that? Right? Why? Because you have to. Because all of our art is based on it. So much you you need to know about archetypes. Well, you so is to, so so is a lot of our conflict is based on that. Yeah, but you, I'm not saying this is what I think they they threw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of religion in schools. I'm not saying you teach religion like an official religion, mm-hmm. but you, kids need to know the stories of religion right. because you need to know those biblical stories, those stories from the sacred texts because they're reflected in every in books and movies and songs and do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's our it's the basis of our culture and our archetypes, and you need to know those archetypes and that worries me that in our urge to be secular and to move away from religion we're going to throw out stuff that we need i think that's a valid point I, yeah i think, I think it is and i really point. think they need to start teaching religion in school again not actually saying this is a christian world but you need to know those stories it's um yeah i think that's a controversial perspective on some level is it? These are archetypes that have been around for thousands of years. We need to know. People need to know that Buddha abandoned his family. They need to, right? They need to know that Jesus fed the multitudes with, you know, uh, a think, loaf of bread, fishes. Well, these are just stories, but they're they're important. I think you're right. I think that on some level that these are. It is still the foundation for which we are divided, and I think that. Uh, yeah. Like I wish I knew the story of Muhammad. Yeah. I wish I knew what happened in Medina. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish I knew these stories. We should know them, especially in the pluralistic society that we live in. I think it would be very good for Christians to know Hindu myths and Buddhist myths. You know what I mean? You're right. And vice versa. I really do. It's not saying that anyone's bad, but you need to know that. Like, if you're talking about a book and you say, well, of course, you see this, this is, or a painting, this is reminiscent of Mary and the, you know, the mother, Virgin Mary holding Jesus, the the baby. And well, what's that? Well, you know, they were referencing a certain thing, or this is referencing the Barabbas, the the thief beside Jesus. If people don't know those stories, how can they, 
How can they, you know, analyze things? It's critical thinking. We can't. It's part of critical thinking. You're absolutely right, and you've turned my head around. Because you were against it, weren't you? How were you raised, Fish? What's well, your religion? Well, my, my parents are Hindu. I rejected almost all religion because, as I say, I mostly yeah. see it as a way of dividing us, and I and I, I reject difference or the perpetuation of. Di- I know that we are distinct from one another, but I do right. also think we're fundamentally all the same. And if you, I agree with if that. If you go yes. with that. I mean, seriously, I think everything we, every conflict is really based in this. If you do believe that, seriously believe that, then there's no harm in talking about the differences. You're right. That's what I'm saying. This is where you flipped my perspective on it. All right. And to pretend that there aren't differences is disingenuous. You're, You're right. I try not to give credence to things that I think are muddying up the way we communicate with each other. But I think that you're right. Actually, if we all knew it cold we would be able to communicate more clearly. I think so. You're right. Okay. Two more questions. Okay. What does your mom wish you were doing instead? Oh, she wishes I was a lawyer. A lawyer? Mm-hmm. Just for the... Why? She just wanted me to be a lawyer. Because of your yeah. arguing ability or because of the prestige? She thought I spoke well, and that was it. She always thought that I was good in debates and stuff. She uh, thought I'd be a lawyer. Okay. That's fair. Finally... What song would you like to have played at your funeral? How about Macy Gray's Try? <laughs> Macy Gray's Try. You're a fan yeah. of this song? Or you like the message? Huge. Huge. Yeah, it's all about never giving up. But you would be dead. Yeah, but not really. What? Oh, what? <laughs> dead, have... isn't, dead isn't dead. Okay. So you you feel like this would be an inspiring way for you to persevere? To go to the next level. Right. Yeah. Okay. Macy Gray's what was it? Try? I don't even I think it? it's called Try. Yeah. Is that one of the, that, the big singles she had? It's the biggest single she ever had. Right, right. The Oh yeah, the na, 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 Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Okay, yeah. Na, 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 yeah. All right. Scott, thank you so yeah. much for uh thank you. taking part in this questionnaire. I know we went a little over time, but uh I think. I don't know. What were we supposed to talk for? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. But I do appreciate it, and, uh, you know, I hope we'll talk soon. Good luck with the kids kids in the hall stuff. Okay, thanks, Vish. Okay, we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365 day returns.